You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour, and thanks for joining us again today. This is your host, Kurt Sumner. Glad to have you with us, as always. And today I have a really interesting topic, as I always do. At least I hope all my topics are interesting. But um, this one is sort of on the cutting edge, I think, and so I wanted to have a conversation about it. It's related to the Florida GNSS Users Group, uh, which was formed uh, some time ago, and I'm not exactly sure when, so my guests are going to tell you about that. But I have Earl Soder with me. Well, welcome, Earl. Uh, good morning. Thank you. I know you're one of the officers in the GNSS Users Group, um, and so you can, can talk to us. Alan Nobles he is planning to join us. Uh, he's having difficulty calling in. He says he's getting a busy signal when he tries, so hopefully he'll be able to join us here in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. There he is now. Oh. This is Alan. Hey, Alan. Thank you. Uh, just all it took was diligence, right? We just had to clear up one of those lines from whatever interference we were going. Well, I've introduced Earl, and I've talked a little bit about the, the topic for today. So okay. um, I'd ask Earl to... to to talk a little bit about the the group and how it began, but so I'll let the two of you decide who's going to do that now. So, well, if you got Earl going, let him go. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, just to reiterate what you had stated, um, the Florida used to be known formerly as the GPS Users Group. Uh, was started in the '80s. Um, it is a practicing section under Florida FSMS, uh, the Florida Society of Mapping and Surveying. Um, and basically, it was uh, just to educate uh, just uh, surveyors within general at the time of just technology and and uh, procedures and, and just a, as a vehicle for, you know, individuals to, you know, converse and talk about technology changes. Um, we've come a long way since then and uh, actually have gone through two main changes. Um, we became the GNS Users Group. Um, and now we're known as the Geospatial Users Group, um, which we just uh, recently took on, only because uh, it's not just about uh, GPS anymore. It's, uh, it's everything, remote sensing, GIS, uh, UAVs. So uh, we've tried to open it up and sort of follow it with the technology. And as far as the group is concerned, I know that this, obviously you guys are involved in it through through. Uh your, your serving relationship are the particularly now that you've gone to geospatial. Are there other folks in, in the geospatial community that participate as well, or is it pretty much all surveyors? Um, you want well, me to take that I, one? Sure, go ahead. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's uh, yeah, we are really kind of stretched out. I think that's really why the name changed at the uh, last survey conference or one of the last board meetings we had. Uh, the user group has really started going into schools. Uh, we'll start doing a lot of outreach. Uh, we're really, one of our main goals is uh, it really be a, a, a liaison with the GIS community. Because really when you sit down, we basically do the same work. So I would probably say half our meetings, uh, I mean half of them are other, other firms, uh, GIS or other individuals coming in to sit, sit in our meetings. So, you know, we're a great outreach, uh, great connection to GIS community. Yeah, that's... Do you want to add more to that? Uh, No, go ahead, Earl. Yeah. Uh, No, I I actually, Alan, was just stating, and, you know, one of the things that uh, we've done as a group is to attend 
a, a lot of different disciplines, uh, primarily GIS um, conferences and seminars, and uh, try to create conversation, which is just good no matter, you know, what it is. And uh, one of the, the topics that we find that the discipline within the GIS community as well as the surveying community has a lot of the same issues uh, today. Um, you know, when you look at finding, uh, you know, qualified technicians for data collection, uh, just technology changes in general, datums, datum references. So when you have these conversations, you find that there's a lot of common interest um, just within the two disciplines of surveying as well as GIS or, you know, whatever it could be. Yeah, I'm curious if, and I don't want to go off on a, a, a sideways path here necessarily, but it, it, what you just said comes to, brings to mind to me um, one of the things that we're dealing with nationally now, and, and that's the introduction of something called the Geospatial Data Act. I guess you guys are aware of that. Yes. And uh, well, actually, I know you are because I've seen a lot of Rick Price's emails. <laughs> so, so I know you're you're aware of it and concerned as are we. And um, as, as we're going through that process of trying to help craft legislation that kind of works for everybody, that synergy among all the user groups and and for us, it's through a, a group that we call COGO, uh, Coalition of Geospatial Organizations, and. Um, we're the surveying end of that. MAPS is part of it. You guys know MAPS. Um, but a lot of the other groups are mostly national or associations like us or lobbying groups that represent other factions within the whole geospatial world. And it seems we have a harder time, based on what you're telling me, that maybe we have a harder time helping people understand the things that you're talking about and that we're not the enemy than, than maybe you do. So I don't know if you've got some, some really good ideas or, or maybe it's just because of the nature of the organizations. I don't know, but um, it's certainly of concern to us. Kurt, I'll touch a little bit on that. Earl, how long, when did we have that joint meeting with Central Florida GIS? Two years ago? <clears throat> uh, yeah, was it, it was two years ago. I think it was it was two years ago because there was a lot of there's a lot of like animosity between GIS and Turvan at the time. I mean, I'll just put it on the table for you. We had like a joint workshop during uh, their GIS meeting, and this was down in Orlando. And their meetings are huge. I mean, they'll get three, four hundred people easily around the state. So, I mean, they're very well attended. So you really got to respect how much work these people actually have out there and how they train. Uh, but we went in the meeting, and it was a little tense to start with. Uh, we really just said, okay, what are your issues? And we all started naming our issues off, and they were virtually the same. I mean, it's probably I'd probably say 10 or 15 minutes. We're all sitting in the room doing the same thing. We're really not that far apart. I think at one time there was a big, I think it was a big divide over who was doing what. I really think it's come around where the GIS people our groups or professionals really understand what we do. They like having a good database. And that's really the section we're working with. Uh, then when you start getting into parcel fabric, where we, you know, you really, I think all the surveyors really need to understand how parcel fabric works. That is a good out, good way of putting our data in that covers what we want, and they really want us to produce that. So, yeah, I think this thing, we're not that far apart. And if yeah, you look at, go ahead. No, I, was just, I think you're right. I, it seems as though 
with with on the on the national side, sometimes it gets down to the whole procurement issue of you know what mechanisms do you use to procure these professional services, and I don't know if you run into that at all or not at the state level, but that seems to be part of the the issue that we run into. Yeah, well, I, I think and, we do. and 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 I'll give a little bit of different insight because I actually work for a distributor of a manufacturer that is pretty predominant in the GIS community. And, you know, technology drives a lot of what you're saying. Um, you know, the effort to collect something within a few inches versus two meters is the same. So technology has driven the GIS discipline, you know, to where the accuracy levels have changed. And, it, it you know, it gives that that perception that they're trying to do survey, you know, work and, and, you know, all this. But in reality, it's the technology that has driven that end of it, in my opinion. Yeah, Kurt, I'm going to touch on that, too. Okay. Because that's coming. Uh, you really look now, I think, I think what used to separate us was how hard it was to get really good, accurate data. And the technology's gotten where that bridge is getting smaller and smaller, or the gap is getting smaller and smaller. You know, with the new satellites we've got up and the new antennas and new technology, you know, that's going to be accelerated. I mean, it won't be long before you take your phone out there and you're getting, you know, four or five centimeters. And then, you know, our world's kind of going to shrink up around that. Uh, and we really need to figure out how to deal with that. So, you know, we need to go back to deal. How do you deal with data? Uh, you know, we got to get back to that. Right. Well, I was curious about your if that was if that was a topic that you guys dealt with through the through the user group itself because, like you've pointed out, you have what appears to be a pretty broad group of people there, and uh, so I was just curious about that from from the perspective of where you where you you guys are sitting and having I think um, perhaps in in your groups and and maybe that's a, a, one of the great things about your group is trying to find out ways to form these groups or enhance these groups around the country. And I don't know if you know how much of that's out there. I really don't know how much is out there in terms of the type of relationships and the type of organizations you guys have. But it sounds like that type of thing w would be the grassroots, if you will, uh, that would then end up helping drive the even the national conversation. Yeah. So do, do you all have... Uh, any information about what other folks are doing in other parts of the country? Earl, do you have anything? I, I oh. haven't heard. <laughs> I'm for it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, from just going through other states uh, for conferences and seminars, I think we're pretty new as far as the concept of trying to open these these uh, conversations and, and attending um, these different seminars. And, you know, the GIS it is a is a term that can usually you could say like engineering, but there's you know mechanical engineering, there's the, you know electrical engineering. So the GIS world and as a community is actually pretty vast, whether it's forensics or what have you. So we don't find many you know groups that are you know conversing with each other, and and that's one of the big things we try to do within Florida is because there's several GIS organizations here that are very well established, well, well attended. Uh, we, we're taking advantage of that and saying, okay, well, we want to attend those and, and open these lines of communication. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm, as you were saying that, it, the thought just came to me that um, 
perhaps that's your model is what we on at a national perspective or a national uh, pers- uh, perspective is right should be pointing people in that direction because I think whatever's happening at where where we are you know here in this bubble that we kind of live in and and uh, organizations that are all functioning on on the national scope rather than at the face to face local or state scope um, I, I think what you guys are doing can help drive that conversation if we can get that kind of thing happening all across the country where you have local people talking to local people rather than than just at one level. Uh, that just seems to make an awful lot of sense to me as, as something we as NSPS should really push harder uh, among our, our membership and, uh, and among our, our, our base group. So believe it or not, we're at our first break. So we're going to go take that break, and then when we come back, I don't want to get too far afield because I don't I want our people to hear about what you're doing, but maybe we can talk about that just a little bit more in terms of what we might be able to push. So let's go to the first break, and we'll be back in two minutes. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. Today we have Alan Nobles and Errol Soder with us. We're talking about the Florida GNSS Users Group, and we're talking about the uh, use of data in a, in a broader perspective than maybe I thought we would when we were first started talking about this. But as you guys were talking about on the break, it is a really important thing. And one of the last things you said while we were on break there, Alan, was talking about uh, uh, the whole licensure structure and, and tiers of licensure. And as you know, some of the states are doing that. I don't know that any anybody's specifically doing it as it relates directly to, to GIS. Some states, I think, of maybe South Carolina and a couple of others, but some people, like in, in my home state of Virginia, photogrammetry was pulled out because our board said, you, you 
normal, typical land surveyors can't just sign off on photogrammetry because you set the ground control uh, and and that kind of thing, and maybe that was valid or not. But maybe you could expound on that a little bit in terms of looking at our definitions and what they mean and and perhaps how we may need to clarify them or expand. Well, I think a lot of the problem is we got to go back, you know, for years and years it was like you were GIS or you were surveying or you were a geodetic or you were doing aerial surveying. Uh, those lines are really, uh, those lines are disappearing fast. Uh, you know, we're running UAVs, uh, so am I doing aerial survey or not? You know, that technology is changing so fast that uh, it, it's hard to know. So how do you regulate that? Right. Uh, well, let's go back, you know, we were kind of talking about the uh, the new procurement bill coming on. Uh, that's going to come up and hit us. Uh, you know, when I first read that, I kind of sat back and, okay, here's going to be a big battle. You know, how are we going to take this on? Uh, and part of that is, are you familiar with the GISP organization? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. that's. I think they're kind of getting legs under them right now because before they didn't need testing. Uh, you pretty much fill the forms out, and you can kind of, if you met the criteria, you get a GISP. I think that group is getting much stronger now because they have gone into testing. They have gone into more regulation on how to govern themselves. And this bill coming up is a big platform for them to show that, hey, they can really do something. Uh, so I think they're starting to get some legs on them, and we need to sit down and work with them. Uh, I think if you take this bill and you really break it down into what each group does and where we're going, I don't think we're very far apart. Uh, I think you could probably take this bill and sit down and start crafting and make something positive out of this, if that makes any sense. You know, don't make it a negative. Let's go hear this thing out and let's get moving. Uh, I think that's what I was telling you over the break. That I can tell you, me and Earl and a few others, you know, I wouldn't mind starting to try to get GIS professionals licensed because, you know, our two worlds are going to mix together. A portion of our worlds are already mixed together. Uh, I'm going to get shot at the board for saying that because some people just aren't there yet. But, you know, that's kind of what this group does is toss out that kind of information. Uh, So hopefully, you know, we can get that dialogue going. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Earl, do you have any thoughts on, on that? or is, is... Uh, no, no, actually, a lot of the comments uh, he's making, you know, are pretty much, you know, are reiterated through our group discussions. Um, and hitting on a topic you brought up right before the break, um, one of the things we really found is when we invite ourselves to a lot of these GIS seminars and, and uh, conferences and meetings, they're always very uh, anxious to have us uh, do actually presentations, um, whether it's about datums or procedures or what have you. They're always looking for surveyors to come in and, and do talks. And so, I mean, I, I think the, the openness is on both ends, that uh, they have a lot of questions just because of changing in technology on their end, that, you know, it, it is becoming one, and uh, they're very open to you know, the interaction between our group and a lot of their conferences and, and meetings. Yeah, and I agree with it. I know I've been to just not this isn't our, our whole organization, but I, I attend a, a lot of those different meetings 
uh, and these groups that we're talking about, most of them, I think, have some connection to our, our COGO group. I mean, that's a really broad group of organizations. And uh, so that that platform is really a good place for um, for pushing this kind of thing you're talking about uh, through the through that end of the groups, and then the sa- at the same time bringing it from the from the state side as well, where people are actually interacting with each other, like you guys are already doing, to bolster that whole concept of of the national interaction back and forth, rather than you know kind of standing in our corners, so to speak. So uh, that, that, yes, that's really encouraging. Yeah. I agree. Well, like I said, I, I appreciate the, the conversation on that particular topic because it is important, and we can carry that on as long as you would like. Uh, at the same time, I want people to learn about your group and some of the great things you're doing. Go ahead, Alan. Want me to go? <laughs> oh, okay, sure. I'm doing it. Okay. Hey, part of, part of the, one of the big things we want to do, and, and Earl touched on it, uh, almost all these places we go to, we try to teach seminars. Uh, probably the big one coming up now is the datum change. If you haven't heard about it, I'm not sure where you are now. Uh, that's coming, and I think organizations like NSPS and our organization, uh, talking with NGSs, they have implemented a lot of change on how that datum change is going to come down. Yeah. Because at first, at first, you know, they weren't even going to support state playing court at Charlie, or you know, they weren't looking at locking down you know, where the plates are moving. And they have really looked at that very, very well. Uh, Yeah, we actually do have a group. um, We meet with them at least on a conference call about once a month uh, or every couple of months. And, of course, this this issue has been coming up. And um, I'm sure you've seen the the sample legislation that, that they put out related to this one to try to get everybody on the same page and what our state licensing right. laws call for. And so, that yeah, there's a lot of that interaction going on, and, and we've always had a great relationship with them. They're great people to work with, for sure. And, and that's a, I think that's a good example of where agencies and people like us can talk together as well as organizations can. Yeah, I think that's where, you know, we had a problem. We sat down and talked to them. I think both sides walked away with a better understanding of what each one does now. And things got resolved. I mean, I see it. I see it. You know, it's not totally fixed. We still got to figure out how to work. But man, they have done some great strides in making it a lot easier to work with. Uh, and part of that too is, like I said, we're we're putting out a lot of information about that. Uh, we're doing all kinds of different classes, which I think you know, the education part of our side is really what we really like. Uh, we have just posted up. I think everybody knows David Doyle. Uh, we actually hired him to do some GPS training classes that I wanted to toss out there. Uh, so if you go on YouTube, you can go on the Geospatial Users Group channel, and we have four or five classes that David Doyle put out there that are you know just free to use. Uh, you know they're up there. Uh, users Group paid for them, and you know, we really just want to promote them out. So if you're you know, you're sitting in Texas or Oklahoma or Iowa. You can let download these things and you know get the same training, you know, for free. So I think that's awesome. Uh, there's two classes up here. If you really, if you don't look at anything else, look at the two up there on the datum. If people are having, if they're not familiar with it, 
David does a good job on it, and then Dave Newcomer uh, has one on there. Because basically what we do is when we have our chapter meetings, and I kind of touch on this too. I'm kind of going off on a tangent on you. I think the way we're set up is kind of unique. Uh, we don't have really that many members in our organization. Or what do we got, 100, 120 maybe? Uh, I think 120, yeah. Yeah, in there. Uh, so in, you look at how big Florida is, You know, we're never going to have all our members at one meeting. I mean, we try to do it at the annual meeting, but it's still very difficult to do. So we're kind of like a new way of working in I think all the organizations are facing this. You know, how do you, how do you service people and how do you have meetings and how you're set up? So we're a little unique in that. What we tend to do is have a one-day meeting around the state, and we invite GIS professionals, engineering groups, and our members and surveyors. And we start around 10 o'clock so you can drive in from the local area. And we'll go to usually try to go to 2 o'clock. And basically we have seminars all the way through. Uh, we try to have three or, or what do we usually have, three or four? One yeah, the local. last one we had five. We had five uh, discussions, five uh, yeah. presentations. Yeah. Now, was, so they was were this all... at the Florida Surveyors Conference or was this different? Nope. This, this was a, yeah, this was a standalone, uh, and ironically okay. it was in Tallahassee. And uh, okay. we had five different yeah. presenters. And uh, as Alan stated, we recorded these all. And then we can then send the links out to a member who couldn't attend, um, and then they could always view them at their, you know, convenience. Yeah. So right. one of them is uh, Dave Newcomer's talk on the datum. So you get David Duell's perspective on it, and you get Dave Newcomer, and both of them are excellent. I mean, you, you get two different instructors talking about it, and they have two different little styles, and they're both great. I mean, so you really get a good feel for what's coming on with that. But we also do some of them with UAVs. I think if you go on the site, we have three or four on on UAVs, how to set them up, how to do flight planning, how to do some processing. Because uh, we've had a lot of people where we've presented those things, and they wanted more information, so we just post them up. Uh, but, again, we go around the state. We've been in uh, Daytona, Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee, we had 50 people in Tallahassee, which we never get that many people together for anything up here. Uh, we did it through TCC, and most of the colleges, I found out, uh, a lot of them have mandates for doing outreach, so they really like having us do it. I mean, they actually bought the food and supplied the auditorium for us. So, you know, it works out really well. So, and your audience there is is across the spectrum as well, people from yep. all different uh, elements of what we're doing here? Totally. Yeah. And those yeah. CEUs, yeah. we weren't allowed to put out CEUs. Uh-huh. So you're talking about you're getting no credits, and we're getting 75 to 50 people at these things. Yeah. So if, you that know, obviously you shows on, interest, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you put on the right stuff, you're interested. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, and... and we all we all love our CEUs, of course, but that is one of the things that that all of us in all the states suffer from is finding new instructors, new materials, things that you know. I, I go back for mine every couple of years in in Virginia and Maryland, and 
sometimes I'm listening to the stuff I listened to before, and I'm I'm not sure that's really continuing education. But <laughs> so, uh, I think this is a great idea, and believe it or not, we're at our second break. So let's go do that. Oh, okay. come back in just a couple minutes. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. As we were going to break, we, we, I want to talk a little bit in a, in a moment about your, how you do your productions, and because um, they're really, really good looking. I mean, they, they, I've looked at uh, some of them, and, and they're presented very, very well. They're, they're visually attractive as well. So I do want to talk about that. But uh, Earl, maybe Alan too, hit on the whole concept of continuing education and going out and and finding these other things. And I, I do think that's maybe worth spending a couple of a minutes about to encourage people to take that initiative and and maybe encourage our, our boards around the country to maybe begin to think a little differently about how they perceive what's continuing education and what isn't. Because if, if you take the same course over and over and over again, that's not really continuing education. But you get rewarded for that. But if you step out of the norm a little bit, maybe you don't get rewarded rewarded for it so I, I think I understood you guys to say that that you did get some credit for doing this or at least I think Earl you said you did um, so I, I, I think that's worth conversation I, I really like the concept that that a board is willing to do that I, I don't know if that's been pushed in other states or not but or even how common it is in your own board at this point but uh, well like I said I, I just sort of presented that as, as an individual just uh at a point where I had gone to a conference in Houston, it was called SPAR, um, and it's a techno- technology conference, and uh, I went back and presented to the board that I had went there, what the topics were, what the information was, and uh, asked them, you know, if that could be an allowance, uh, even though uh, technically like a, a, a national conference like that just can't go to every state to become a provider. It's just, it's not feasible. So... 
I took it upon myself to ask the board, is that something that I could get rewarded for? And they did. They actually went through it and said, you know, they gave me three hours, which, again, it wasn't the, the quantity, more as just a point. And uh, I think if more and more individuals did that at, at their local level, at their state level, they probably would find the same result, that you would get rewarded. Yeah, well, I've been to the SPAR conference a few times myself, and and it's not the only one that offers those kind of things that are out there and available because these other groups that you guys were talking about earlier that, you know, are also in our COGO group, they, they offer a lot of really good information out there that's useful to surveyors um, because, you know, it's kind of like the, the the same old thing where we if we stay insulated with our own little world, how are we ever going to learn more about what's out there, much less learn about how to deal with the people who are out there. You know, you, you, you never figure out how to get along with other people until you actually begin to engage them, right? So uh, I, I think that we all need to do more of that, personally and professionally, for sure, as, as we move ahead. So as, as far as the workshops that you've got, like I said, they look really good. So do you all have your own recording set up, or how, how do you pull all that together? Here, here's the trouble. You haven't seen all of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you only showed me the good ones. <laughs> no, there are some up there. Uh, we, have, we have learned some lessons. Uh, you know, I, the first ones I put a video camera up. If you go on there and go look, uh, David Doyle talks about DS World. Uh, uh, we have them talking about uh, AAGS certification program. Now, those aren't going to look as good as the ones, the other ones we did. I mean, those we actually went to the facility, got the PowerPoint up, did the training, so they're going to look, they're pretty slick. They look pretty good. The other ones are, you know, fundamentally, if you sit down, the information's pretty good. You can hear them talk. Uh, we have learned, we usually buy, we buy at lunch and people just, we eat as we're going through the class. We learned not to buy potato chips because they crunch up during the movie. <laughs> I had you know, thought about like, that, but it makes sense. <laughs> pizza, pizza is the ideal thing. You can order it real fast. You get a variety, and they don't make any noise. So uh, you can tell on some of them you know, when we had chips. Uh, if you were that particular talker, but you know it's easy to do. We, we just do them in house here. Uh, you know the other ones because you know you just take the video. As long as you can run the camera and you can hear them, that's really what most people want to have. It's just like being there. Uh, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of money, and we post an awful lot of information up there. Uh, so do so. you have a way for people to to listen in through their computers at all, or is that something you're working toward maybe? or No, we don't do it live. We're not that good. Uh, oh, I see. Okay, I got you. Uh, so all we did, we took the video... At one time, we just took all the videos and posted them up, and then we had a problem with that, and we pulled them down. And now what we're doing, we're just putting them on YouTube. Uh, I'm cleaning some of them up right now because a couple of them are a couple years old. We put them on YouTube, and it's easy to get to. Uh, and that way, like I say, if you're sitting in Iowa, you can pull it up and watch the same videos for us. Uh, and that was something I was talking to you about at the, con- at the Florida convention before we left is, you know what I'd really like. What I'd really like to do is get a national database, because uh, you know every every state has got powerpoints, or they got instructors, or they got videos, or class material. It would be great, great if we had one place, and I really think NSPS would be the place to do it. Because I mean, that's you're set up to do this. Uh, 
and I'm trying to hand you more work, Kurt. So. Uh, oh, we we we, we yeah. need a lot of work. You know, we got such a huge staff yeah. here. I know, <laughs> but but I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I really think you're right. I I think one of the challenges there, or at least it seems to me, it's a challenge, and maybe I'm just not hadn't approached it correctly yet. But folks kind of get proprietary sometimes. They they don't want to share what they have. Um, yeah, and and I'm sure you I can't help them. Too. Yeah, I can't. Well, it's the same thing. When we did these videos, we're putting them up like you're gonna put them up for free, and I'm like. Yeah, we said, well, could we had a battle about whether to put them on YouTube or not? Because you put them on YouTube, somebody can copy them, and we're kind of like in the bottom line, we're like, well, we hope they do. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, that's why we're putting it up there. Is you know, somebody had taken, you know, taken to one of their local chapter meetings and show it or something. Uh, you know, it's fine. But uh, you know, if we just get the data, you know, we haven't got to clean it up. It's just like if we got a good program. That somebody's wrote up something about a subject that we're interested in. If we can just have it where you can listen and put it up where we can download it, uh, you know, if we want to do CEUs for it, then I can run it through my state, you know, to get those qualified or not. But you know, I think we're duplicating a lot of effort in each state doing the same seminar where somebody already has one done. It's probably better. Uh, yeah, let's just share the data. If you don't want to post it, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to hit on exactly what Alan's talking about. One of the things we've even gotten a lot of inquiries about were in Florida, where there's several local chapters that meet once a month. Um, they've asked if they can have some of those presentations and just use them to get people in the door at the local level for a local chapter as material. You know, and uh, I think that's that's great. I mean, I'd like to see more of that because um, I think that would really help a local officer, uh, president, or, or something who's trying to get attendance at a local chapter. If he can send out and saying, "Hey, we're going to watch this, you know, video on here and talk about it," um, I think that's a great, again, a vehicle for getting attendance at local chapters. Yeah, and, and we all know how hard that is as as a person <laughs> who's trying to to arrange any kind of a meeting. But but I think more. More so, maybe for your local chapters than anybody is yeah. just to you know get somebody to come in and um, have something to talk about. And if you can do it this way, then that makes a lot of sense because you, you're going to run out yeah. of people if you just tr keep trying to get people well, to, to drive a couple hundred miles. You know? Yeah, logistically, it's, it's hard to get speakers. As a you know, Alan and I both served as officers at chapters and. It's difficult to get speakers. You're trying to coordinate the time and, you know, the, the whole the whole thing at a restaurant, trying to get a, a venue. Um, where this, you know, if you can put together just a presentation where you got a, a TV screen and you can say, hey, we're going to play this, we're going to, you know, we can pause it, we can talk about it. Um, I, I think it's just a great vehicle to get more attendance at local chapters. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that the way that's set up, um, whoever's the president or whoever's putting the thing together to local chapter can can do what you're talking about, can do the pausing or whatever and orchestrate that from where they are. Correct. Yes. Yeah, if, they, if it's on YouTube, they just basically need Internet access. Um, they can start it and stop it, you know, as topics go, as conversation goes. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour presentation because, again, it's not a necessarily a CEC-type uh, credit. Um, it's more just as a conversation piece, and that way, 
you know, you can take a 20, 30 minute presentation and almost stretch it to an hour just through conversation. Right. And, and yeah. it's really an awareness thing. I mean, I, you're going to reach people who, in some cases, might not even realize all these things to begin with because they're working at the local level and don't get involved beyond their, their selves. Uh, of course, if they're starting to use new equipment, Alan, like you said, they need to learn, yeah. right? Um, but, right. Um, yeah, at least it maybe starts some dialogue among people about, and, and that's really the beauty of chapters anyway, is that you can talk to your your friends about things that you might be uh, less likely to talk about to somebody you don't know. Uh, and, you know, none of us likes to admit what we don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and I think what. that's, oh, sorry, and I think that's one other thing where we want to start putting together some GIS uh, presentations that local survey chapters can actually view and get a better understanding of the whole GIS, you know, systematically procedures, what they're looking at, what they're doing. And I think education can't, you know, the more awareness, the better off. Alan, I think you're going to say something, too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of what we're doing, too, is outreach. Uh, so instead of just the movies, we also got the PowerPoint files that we use to do a lot of these movies. Uh, and it makes it real easy. We've got two or three, especially on the datum change, uh, that if you want to go present to uh, the local engineering society or the GIS community, because, you know, we're really the guys that understand this. Or I hope we understand this. Uh, you can take the PowerPoint and kind of customize it to yourself and present it. Because most people have a hard time trying to put something together. But if they will go watch the movie where, like David or uh, you know, one of the guys talked about it, and then we give you the PowerPoint, it is great outreach uh, to all these other communities out there. Uh, so you know, it's not just the movies. We can actually give you the PowerPoint on several of these subjects. And, and I think that's that's got to be really helpful to people because the biggest the biggest drawback to having people get engaged is just, is, for lack of a better word, fear. You know, just, I haven't done this yeah. before, that kind of thing. And if you can help people alleviate that by by giving them tools to work with, that, that should change a lot of minds about just getting people to be a part of it. Yeah, I tell you, go watch the two on the datum change and then let me send you the PowerPoint. It makes it real easy to present it, you know, At, and that's great outreach. Uh, well, I'm really interested. We're close to, believe it or not, I don't know how this time is flying by so fast, but it is. Um, when we come back from the break, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on the future. Of uh, America, they have a big convention here in Orlando. Uh, we sit down in there, and that is a great group of kids there. Absolute the targets we're hunting for. Uh, uh, my clock so, says we're ready for another break, so I hope I'm right about that. So let's go break and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quick stakes today. 
Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I guess I should say boom, since David said we had, need to fire our guns. So uh, for our audience, I'm not sure in that last segment if you were hearing Alan or you were hearing me, but somehow we weren't hearing each other. So I don't know, Alan, what we were broadcasting there for the last uh, couple of minutes of that of, of that session. But uh, anyway, I just like I said, I didn't want to leave anything out, but I'm, I'm curious about your perspectives and your uh, – aspirations maybe is a better word for moving forward and what the future is going to look like and i think we've talked about that already a little bit in terms of getting more people together but what what are your what are your suggestions for what any of us can do at our local level or at our state level or even here at our national level to really drive this whole thing further and get more and better information in people's hands earl me or you no, either one. Go ahead, Al. Okay, I'll start. I, well, you kind of hit three different levels. I think uh, let's go with the local level. Uh, I think the local level is we got enough information right now that we we kind of want to get recruits. We we got to get people in the profession. Uh, the UAVs and the GPS and that. If we go into classes, uh, we're well received. I mean, it's. Uh, we just did one at an elementary school here. They brought all the fifth graders in, uh, cafeteria. Now, I went out and flew to school the day before, so I already had the aerial done. But we went and talked about how surveyors work, what happened with them, our history. Uh, then we kind of showed them some data for the school, and we went out and flew the copter, and the teachers want us back. I mean, it worked out really, really well. Uh, you know, Outreach to, and I was talking about going to Future Farmers of America to their bigger shows. That's our tar- target audience. 
say, you know, we're really a big outreach. Uh, I think we're an outreach to the GIS community just by going to their workshops. And that starts getting you up on the national level. I really think down the road, uh, the two of us, two of us are going to blend together because the work we do uh, is so similar. You know, they're never going to want to do the boundary part. It's the same thing with the aerial firms. They don't want to go out and do boundary surveys. So we know where our areas are, but there's a lot of cross there. And I think we really want to be that group that kind of helps get those groups going together uh, long range. Just really quickly. Yeah, it is. Just real quickly, though. I I don't want to speak any heresy or anything like that today. Yeah. But, but, one of the things that you just mentioned about the you know the boundary piece kind of being our area, which we all that's that's what we all really got licensed for at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, but with the world changing around us, um, I, sometimes it seems like we want to claim everything that's out there, whether we know how to do it or not. Um, and I'm certainly not opposed to us claiming everything we have the capability to do. I think we should do that. And and we all of us are interested in protecting the public for whatever you know whatever way this is going to work and and any data has some capability of having harm to the public if used incorrectly, right? But but it it seems as though we in the profession need to understand that for us to to be players in all these other kind of things that are going on, we can't sit back and and claim it without putting in the effort to be able to do it. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But it's but it's coming to us. Here's here's the day. I'm going to get way off the wall with you. When my phone starts picking up a few centimeters, and I pull up my local GIS database on my property, and I can notice that my fence is six inches off, all of a sudden that database, the consumer's going to demand that the database is better. I mean, and who who are they going to come to? If the surveyors don't claim that part or go after that or make sure they understand that part, uh, it's going to go somewhere else. Uh, I think there's, there's a ton of money to be made updating those maps. I mean, that's our part. And when you talk to the GIS community, they, they want us to do that part. They don't like it. Uh, so I think I think we're in good shape if we address this right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I think that that conversation about that statement you just made, there's plenty to do, lots of work, if if we approach it the right way. That, that's the message, I think, that really has to be pushed from all levels um, and help our, our profession understand that, that for us to be able to do that, we have to exert some effort. Yeah. To make to make sure we're we're prepared. Um, yeah. And and maybe our next generation, the ones that are coming through the universities, will have a leg up on that automatically because they will have been exposed to a lot of things that some of us weren't, even if we went to college when we did. Um, that doesn't mean that we are necessarily capable of grasping all the new things that are out there. Um, so there is a learning curve there that that for us as a profession, and I'm I'm probably older than both you guys are, but in certainly in my age group, there there's a lot of learning that has to be done to be a play, a, quote, a player in this arena. 
so that we can be an effective player and one that's not just claiming something we think we own but don't understand. Yeah, I think we're the last generation that actually used the steel tape or chain. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I got I have an old instrument here in the office that is probably a couple of centuries old, and uh, so I've got it on a tripod. I'm gonna take it outside after a while if the sky is clear and see if I can project the sun on a card like I was using it for uh, uh, a geodetic positioning uh, a few decades ago. <laughs> I got my old, my I got a T2 sitting in the parking lot already. Ready you, you're ready to go yeah. too. Huh? Yeah, we already <laughs> tested it this morning. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, going to be an interesting thing. Now, how actually how close will that come to you guys? I think we get like 87%. Oh, wow. That's pretty high. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm actually in South Florida. I think they're saying about 80 down here, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends where the clouds in the way. But, you know, going with what you said, I think that was one of the reasons that we did this last name change to Geospatial Users Group was to, you know, not to try to draw a line, but to more or less, you know, open the conversation and, and make sure that, you know, geospatial is such a vast discipline that it, it could include anybody. And uh, I think that was one of the first things we, we looked at is, is changing the name to where it's not just a surveying term or, or sort of that it, it is embraced by other organizations. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And and kind of the flip side of that coin is you you hope that the other organizations are are – in line with agreeing that well, this is geospatial, but yeah, surveyors are part of that too. You know, it's not like you don't want to separate the two because they, they're intertwined. Surveying is not all geospatial, but it's part of it. Yeah. And so you hope that everybody from whichever perspective they're coming from, and there's many different ones out there, as you well know, uh, kind of understands that, that, that we're all part of it. It's not, well, we're taking this over now. You guys can't do this anymore. Or it's not, yeah. no, that's mine. You can't have it. Yeah, it's no different than the engineering community. I think, what is it, 20% of them that are actually licensed? Yeah, uh, maybe. And if you get into that, there's segments in between those. So we're not trying to take over all the GIS or that. It's that little segment that we cross over, and I think they understand that we're just not that far apart. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, And our, our perspectives maybe are, but in reality we're not. <laughs> we're not. When you really get down in the room and do it, it's not. Uh, I can remember so, shrug. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask the question that I know you've started with the, the the coursework that you've got there now, and is your aspiration to take that much further and include a lot yes. more different elements? I, I assume it is. Yes. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first set of that was the first set of classes uh, that we put up with David. Well, we're looking to start getting more detail on the rest of them. Uh, I'd really like to start getting down to vendors and doing workshops on more details with them on different equipment. Oh, yeah. We've got, we got a lot of stuff. We're just now, we've just got, I hate to say, we just got our LinkedIn, Twitter, those accounts up. We're going to start posting articles to those now. Uh, we're not going to try to rewrite everything. But, you know, like you, you talk about Rick Price. Excellent guy for pulling up stuff like that. I don't know. Oh yeah, he certainly time. is. Yeah. And by the know. way, in, anything we can do here to help you guys get that word out, so to speak, through the newsletter, 
um, yeah. I'm always looking for things to put in the newsletter. So anything you've got that you want to post, share. Post, post the website. So, I, I, we put it out there for people to use. So that's what we're hunting for. So, Earl, in our last three minutes or so, what's your, what's your vision? Uh, I, I think uh, pretty much... Not not just to keep reiterating it, but I, I think it's to just, you know, be a vehicle for education, for um, conversation. Um, you know, we'd like to definitely put together, you know, discussing with Rick Price, putting together, you know, some GIS seminar presentations on, uh, you know, how they look, how they work within, you know, some of the manufacturer platforms like Esri and, and other ones like that. So that surveyors get an understanding of, you know, deliverables that are expected on, you know, GIS uh, community and, and stuff like that, which, you know, would help them, you know, create uh, perhaps more business model for themselves. So just all in all, it's just a vehicle for outreach and uh, basically just for starting conversation. And if I understood you guys correctly, you're perfectly happy to share your your knowledge about this and procedure, the way things go with with other other state groups, if they want to start doing similar things, am I understanding that correctly? Oh yes, oh yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a, a good approach moving ahead, and and I applaud you guys for being on the cutting edge. It's probably not the first time in history that folks from where you live are, have been on the cutting edge of things. It seems like oftentimes that's where some of the the new the new thoughts and uh, people sort of stepping out on a limb comes from. So uh, I, I well, applaud we, we you also, for doing that. Thank you. We also have one more officer, uh, Richard Allen, who's uh, uh, he's in Orlando, and unfortunately did, uh, wasn't on the call today. But you know, we've just got really some really good people that want to do this and uh, give a lot of time and yeah. of their own time and, and uh, you know volunteer to do this. And uh, I just think you know that's what the group really has one thing has it really going for it it's definitely a lot of people are willing to help and give time and effort into this that's great now before we go is there a, a, a web address we need to give people uh we're still working on the website okay so basically well, we can share you, that yeah. yep going going the uh youtube is probably where you're going to get the best stuff and then start looking on linkedin and twitter we're going to start posting there Okay. It's the Geospatial Users Group. Geospatial Users Group. Well, that's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys being with me today. I, I know we had a little... You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.